Taiwan has reported one new locally transmitted COVID case in connection with the outbreak at China Airlines. This case is an Indonesian national, the wife of a pilot who was diagnosed in Australia on April 20th. She is Taiwan's second local case in a week, the first being her and the pilot's son. The couple also has a daughter who is completing an extended quarantine. Meanwhile, contact tracing is ongoing at China Airlines. So far, 934 people have been tested for COVID out of a total of 1,272. COVID antibodies have been found in the blood of three people who were never diagnosed with the disease. Officials said it's likely that these three were infected several months ago. Efforts are underway to trace their contacts using flight records. Quarantines for vaccinated travelers arriving in Taiwan could be soon reduced from 14 to 7 days. The Central Epidemic Command Center plans to test the vaccine passport program starting mid-May, allowing travelers to complete a shorter quarantine if other conditions are met. The details are still being finalized, but already health experts have raised safety concerns. All along, we've been considering what kind of vaccine passport would be feasible and reliable. The health minister said Monday that Taiwan will trial a vaccine passport program. Under the program, travelers will need to have been fully vaccinated a month before arriving in Taiwan. They'll also need proof of a negative PCR test before their departure and to later be tested for COVID antibodies. If those conditions are met and they test negative again on the seventh day of quarantine, they'll be allowed out of quarantine early at day seven instead of 14. The program could roll out on a small scale mid-May, but one health expert fears it's too much too soon. What's the concentration of antibodies that's needed to offer adequate protection? I think that still needs to be discussed. It would be best if there were an internationally recognized standard. We also need stipulation for the different types of vaccines. Also, Taiwan needs to develop a rapid antibody test. That's the only way to effectively reduce the chance of someone slipping through the cracks. The doctor said that based on the current research, not all vaccines can produce a long-lasting and effective immune response. In addition, there have been cases abroad of people getting infected twice, the second time catching a mutated variant. These are some of the issues the vaccine passport program will have to resolve, he said. A vaccine might generate antibodies, but those antibodies might be different from the ones found in people who have recovered from COVID. So what needs to be said is, some vaccines are better than others. If this vaccine passport treats all vaccines as the same, as in any vaccine counts, we then face another problem. Would the WHO-approved China-made vaccine count too? Health experts say that different vaccines offer different levels of protection. At present, the vaccine program requires only a certain antibody level without distinguishing between vaccine brand and country of origin. Officials said they want to make vaccine effectiveness their main metric, but that they're hashing out the program's details. Meanwhile, transport officials are devising new ways to improve interest in the Taiwan-Palau travel bubble. Each PCR test costs 5,000 NT. You need one when you leave and another when you come back. So currently, we're discussing the possibility of subsidizing these PCR tests so that we can restore the cost of traveling to pre-pandemic levels. That might create more interest in traveling abroad. The transport ministry is mulling subsidies to bring down the fees that come with traveling in a pandemic. Whether the subsidies will attract more tourists remains to be seen. National Taiwan University of Science and Technology, or Taiwan Tech, is switching to distance learning until May 3rd. The move was announced Tuesday after dozens of students and faculty were listed as potential contacts of, of a confirmed COVID case. 
Sixty-five students and teachers were found to have been at Taipei Grand Mosque at the same time as a pilot who tested positive. We're not suspending classes, but switching to online teaching. With this online teaching, our students' education will not be interrupted this week. The school has arranged for the potential contacts to live in singles. The school has also asked them to comply with the requirements of self-health management and to not partake in any events. Several students and faculty at other schools have also been deemed potential contacts. National Taiwan University and National Taiwan Normal University have asked affected students and teachers to use their distance learning platforms until April 30th. Students at these schools who take classes at Taiwan Tech will also need to use remote platforms for those courses. Asia's largest flute festival will open on April 28th in Taiwan. The sixth annual Taiwan International Flute Festival held in Taipei and Kaohsiung will feature seven concerts by 40 elite uh, Taiwanese flautists as well as international musicians. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang uh, gives us a sneak preview. This is concert flutist Liao Yixian playing Lalo Shifrin's Concerto Carabeno for flute and orchestra. We're the media preview for the 6th Taiwan International Flute Festival, the longest running and largest flute festival in Asia. Privileged to play this piece at this world well-known well flute festival. It is composed in a jazz style and also infused with Cuban music. So I hope my audience can relax a bit from uh, away from classical music. The 6th International Flute Festival will be held from April 28th till May 9th. The opening concert is led by the Macanese conductor Liu Guoming, resident conductor of the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra. The festival will showcase Taiwanese musicians, including rising star Yang Zhiyue and Hu Zhiwei, silver medalists at the Lorenzo Flute Competition. So for this concert, we have three very different but yet contemporary pieces, uh, three different concertos. For me, um, it's a very uh, special occasion because um, basically I think um, I have never have this chance to get to work with three different flute soloists um, and three different concertos in one single concert. And I think for the audience, it's a, it's a treat for the audience to get to experience um, how um, the three different composers can write for the same instrument with three different sounds. I will perform a piece by Erwin Schulhoff. I'm very happy to be able to collaborate with pianist Evan Wong. This piece is very dynamic and very interesting. So I'm playing the uh, double concerto for flute and piano by Schulhoff. And um, it's a very um, interesting piece because actually there are not that many concertos written for um, the, the flute and piano with the orchestra. And it's a very interesting in instrumentation because it's a... Uh, it's not a full orchestra, it's with strings and two horns, and I think the texture is very, it's very transparent um, as opposed to the normal full orchestra where you get a huge blend of sound.
will be seven concerts in all, showcasing diverse repertoires from the middle of the 20th century and the 21st century. This is the sixth edition of the um, International Flu Festival in Taiwan, and we're going to have um, more like uh, the f uh, focusing on uh, 20th century. The repertoire after 20th century. So that will be a little bit the romantic period and jazz and contemporary uh, composers' work. The 2021 Taiwan International Flute Festival will be held at the National Concert Hall, the National Theater, and the National Kaohsiung Center for the Arts. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. Duwei has assumed office as the head of the Taiwan Railways Administration. At a handover ceremony on Tuesday, he said he was resolved to fully reform the railway agency in the wake of the April 2nd Taroko Express crash. Du has three decades experience in the TRA and previously served as its deputy director general. At the TRA's handover ceremony, the mood was somber as officials observed a moment of silence. Transport Minister Wang Guocai passed the official seal to the TRA's new Director General, a position left vacant for three months. Du said reform was his top priority. To improve the quality of our engineering contractors, we need an administrative system we can rely on, as well as quality education and training. The lines of communication will be open between me and all my colleagues. The minister has given us a deadline for reform, and we will certainly achieve it. Du vowed to adjust his communication style, which rail workers accuse of being harsh. He also vowed to meet the deadline for reforming the TRA, starting with its finances. The TRA's liabilities include more than 60 billion NT in pension debt. If the government gives the TRA a subsidy of 4.8 billion NT a year, that figure will dial down to zero after a few years. In addition, by loosening the restrictions on asset development, the TRA can increase its income and slowly turn its losses into profit. But it would be a long time before the TRA is profitable. One of the TRA's biggest financial burdens is 60 billion NT in pension debt. That would take 12 years to pay off if it receives a 4.8 billion NT subsidy every year. Officials say the TRA will work toward a closer milestone, that of corporatizing within three years. To make that happen, the TRA will have to restructure its balance sheet and staffing. It will turn over all its engineering projects to the Railway Bureau. The TRA's transport, hardware, engineering and electrical operations are public works projects that would be better handled by the Railway Bureau. Some of these projects involve slope engineering. I've asked Deputy Director General Wu Shenyuan to serve as the Railway Bureau's Acting Director General. So now we already have an Acting Director General and will quickly appoint a formal head. The TRA is a financial sinkhole, and the new transport minister says the only way to fill it is to corporatize operations. He said that in the process, employees will only gain and not lose any of the benefits. He called on the personnel to strive shoulder to shoulder for a reformed TRA. Well, every spring, people from near and far descend on Pingdong's uh, Ping Dapong Bay for days of water splashing fun under the sun. What's in store at this year's Dapong Bay Marine Festival? For Milsa News, reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The 2021 Dapeng Bay Marine Festival will be held from April 30th to May 9th. 
visitors can participate in water sports such as sailing, canoeing, stand-up paddle boarding, and water motorcycling. There's also an eco-boat design contest. In addition to experiencing sailing activities, you can also enjoy the most beautiful scenery of Dapong Bay and enjoy the best food. It just happens that the festival falls during the Labor Day holiday, so we welcome all our friends from Taiwan to visit Dapong Bay. We hope that besides playing volleyball on the beach, people can get in on some SUP action and do some canoeing as well. We will integrate singing, featuring Pingdong musicians and some famous street performers, into this 10-day event with performances from the afternoon to the evening. To promote yachting, Dapong Bay National Scenic Area Administration cooperated with the Maritime Port Bureau to offer a series of activities. Visitors can watch a sailing competition, visit the Bay's fishery village, and stroll through a market with 30 local food vendors and DIY activities. Our DIY activity is an introduction to oyster farming. We teach people how to transform discarded oyster shells into handicrafts. People can take this candle home. Our noodles are made with the three elements of Pingdong, wind, light and water. Pingdong has always had the most sunshine of all Taiwan's counties and cities, so it is very suitable for making sun-dried noodles. Dapong Bay Marine Festival will light up with arts and culture performances at night. Organizers say there will be more than 50 music performances during the festival. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. Tonight, look up because the first supermoon of the year will be visible across Taiwan. The moon, which reached its fullest phase at 11.32 this morning, will make its closest approach to the Earth tonight at 11.22. Sky gazers will be treated to a moon that's 7% larger and 15% brighter than an ordinary full moon. This celestial event occurs when the moon is full at a closer distance to the Earth. So tonight, the moon will appear bigger and more beautiful in the night sky. The full moon actually occurred at 11 a.m. But since that's daytime in Taiwan, you can't see it. You'll only be able to see it at night. If you miss it, don't worry. There's one more supermoon coming up this year. This one will occur on May 26th, and it will be even bigger and brighter. The event will coincide with a total lunar eclipse, which will make the moon glow red as the Earth blocks the sun's rays. A new restaurant in Taipei's Ximinding area is drawing headlines for its astonishing interior decor. The buffet restaurant has an imperial theme and really doesn't hold back with the golden dragon motif. If you're looking for a spot for an ostentatious Instagram photo shoot, this is it. Bubbling hot pots, barbecue meats and grills surrounded by golden dragon heads. Even the chopsticks are covered in gold and imperial decree calligraphy. But that's not the craziest part. You can even ride on a golden dragon's back. You can see him sitting on it now. That's because it ascends and descends automatically. The giant dragon welcomes guests like few decorations can. The restaurant owner says it costs 6 million NT. The ceiling is covered in a sea of colorful traditional lanterns, giving the space an imperial glow.
A dish of gaoliang liquor is set alight to roast a four-centimeter-thick steak. Mouthfuls of sausage are also dipped in flaming gaoliang before going on the grill. Our overall design has a kind of imperial feeling, like the emperor is dining here. We want to create a new destination to brag about in social media. The buffet here is showier than a stroll down Broadway. It's a place to come to eat your fill, but also to feast your eyes.